Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Twas the day after Christmas and all through the house, we're packing up shipping boxes, returning crap back. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, on Boxing Day, December 26th, and on tonight's show... Uh, we'll talk about a, a famous uh, a famous pipe smoker who kind of reminds me of Christmas. And then uh, my guest tonight is uh, from uh, Country Squire Radio, Bo York. So we'll get to get to know Bo a little bit more than what we uh, normally hear him on the uh, on Country Squire. Uh, quick little mailbag because of a reason that I'll soon tell you. And uh, music. And I in and instead of a rant tonight, we've got a holiday. I'm going to call it a holiday tag. So uh, all that coming up. Yeah, lots of music tonight. Lots of fun. Uh, hope you all had a wonderful Christmas day. Uh, as I'm recording this, it is December 20th because my new computer is being built, and we needed to take the old one in with it. So. A little early, uh, but I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, kind of funny, Boxing Day, and now it seems like um, Boxing Day is the day that, uh, you know, if you got returns going out to Amazon, boy, that's the day to do it. Um, anyway, coming up for me, and I need your help. Uh, coming up for me on December, on <laughs> December, on January 2nd, I will be flying to Manchester, England, and I'll be there the uh, 3rd through the 9th. So here's what I need from those of you familiar with Manchester. Uh, I'll be there getting my daughter settled into her uh, semester abroad, where she'll be at Manchester Metropolitan University. Uh, But I need your advice on places where I can smoke. (laughs) Yeah, average temperature in uh, Fahrenheit is going to be like 34 to 36 degrees and gray, cloudy, windy. So I don't think sitting outside is going to be too much of an option. But um, I did see uh, one place nearby the uh, the hotel that we're staying at that is uh, that does say they have a heated patio. So hopefully that'll work. Any of you have any suggestions or uh, information on Manchester would be greatly appreciated. You can email that directly to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or post them on the forums. Uh, And again, if I don't respond back to your email, send it again, because it might have got stuck in the spam filter. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. All right, Norman Rockwell, the artist, uh, illustrator, writer. Uh, Norman Rockwell was a lifelong pipe smoker, to the best of my knowledge. Anyway, going to the uh, Norman Rockwell Museum website, which is nrm.org, just in in my opinion, Norman Rockwell captured the uh, captured life around him as he saw it, and uh, and in one of his quotes, he uh, says that he, uh, you know, that he, with, without thinking too much, in, 
Without thinking too much about it in specific terms, I was showing the America I knew and observed to others who might not have noticed. That is exactly what Norman Rockwell said. Uh, Rockwell was born in 1894 in New York City and uh, quickly wanted to become an artist. And at age 14, Rockwell started art classes at the New York School of Art. Uh, Two years later, in 1910, he left high school to study art at the National Academy of Design. And then he soon transferred to the Art Students League, where he studied with Thomas Fogarty and George Bridgman. Um, it was there that uh, Fogarty's instruction in, in illustration prepared Rockwell for his first commercial commissions. Uh, and then he picked up the, the technical skills and so on and so on. But uh, Rockwell found success very early in his life and uh, painted his first commission of four Christmas cards before his 16th birthday. Uh, while still in his teens, he was hired as art director of Boy's Life, the official publication of Boy Scouts of America, and began a, uh, a long career illustrating for uh, a variety of other young people's publications. Uh, then at age uh, 21, Rockwell moved uh, to New Rochelle, New York, um, where there was uh, you know a little bit... <laughs> first of all, it's a little cheaper to live, but it's a little bit upstate, and uh, there Rockwell set up a studio with uh, cartoonist Clyde Forsyth and produced work for such magazines as Life, Literary Digest, and Country Gentleman. Um, at age 22, Rockwell painted his first cover for the Saturday Evening Post, and that's where most of us will recognize Norman Rockwell's work from, uh, because over the... Uh, uh, over the next 47 years, another 321 Rockwell covers would appear on the cover of the Post. Um, so there, there's a lot of detail about Rockwell, but there's also a lot of pictures of him on this website, him with his pipes, usually a straight billiard, uh, a black billiard, probably a sandblast. But again, Norman Rockwell was... Uh, by the the U.S. government used Rockwell's uh, paintings for uh, propaganda during World War II and for patriotism during World War II. Uh, and when I see a Rockwell illustration of Christmas, it's what maybe the maybe the Capra esque uh, person might think of a Christmas. It's the perfect christmas with the big table and all the you know all the trimmings and everything um rockwell himself uh you know went through some ups and downs through his life uh but then uh he also lost a lot of his originals in uh fires and were damaged in other things so uh, but the one thing that he did was in 1973, Rockwell established a trust to pervert, to preserve the his legacy by placing his works in the custodianship of the old corner house in uh, Stockbridge, uh, Massachusetts. And uh, that became the beginnings of the Norman Rockwell Museum, which is uh, still there in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Uh, at the same time, uh, there's been some notes of a Rockwell original selling for a couple million dollars recently, so there's value in that. 
And uh, Norman Rockwell is uh, collected by a lot of prominent collectors and has been in many prominent museums. Uh, the first thing that kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a little, uh, I'm a little too young to really have seen a lot of Rockwell stuff in its prominence because in the 70s I was interested in, uh, you know, baseball. Um, but at our house, we have a couple of, uh, Thomas Kincaid lithographs and Kincaid himself, not a pipe smoker, but was a fan of Rockwell's. So when you look at a Kincaid scene where there's people in it as an homage to, uh, Norman Rockwell, Thomas Kincaid would paint a man walking a golden retriever and smoking his pipe. Well, we have two of those, and when you're looking at, uh, when you're out looking at uh, Thomas Kincaid artwork and you want a picture of a pipe smoker in it, well, there you go. Uh, there's several of them where you know Kincaid was a fan of Rockwell's and he paid homage to him. But uh, Norman Rockwell, pipe smoker and uh, prominent artist and uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom honor winner. And uh, inspired many other artists to go on, including Thomas Kincaid. All right, enough of the uh, Christmas and painting stuff. In just a minute, Bo York will be on the phone with me. This is Internet Radio. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, joining us on the phone is somebody that most of you know. And if you don't know, you're going to get to know him real well because he is, um, you know, I guess, I guess, uh, oh, I may have a doctor of pipes, but you definitely have a PhD of podcasting and uh, one of a, an innovator, entrepreneur, pipe smoker, podcaster. Uh, Bo York, welcome to the show. Man, Brian, thank you so much for having me. That's kind of the best intro I've ever been given. So thank you so much for that, sir. Well, there you go. All right, that's the end of the show. Nice having you. See you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ended end on a high, Costanza style. Like, that's it. That's my time. I'm out. <laughs> yep, it's over. Um, so let, let's, for those that don't know you, let's get to know you a little bit. Where did you grow up, and what were you doing before you got into podcasting? Absolutely, man. So um, I am from Jackson, Mississippi, born and raised, uh, and I, I've actually lived here the vast majority of my life. Did a little bit of college in Clinton, Mississippi, uh, spent a, a very few years up in Memphis, which I love Memphis. And man, I, I've been in Mississippi, um, yeah, the, the, the majority of my life. And, uh, you know, I, I before getting involved in podcasting, my background was really in marketing and product development. Uh, I started my career right out of college, 
uh, working for a telecommunications company. And uh, it really, you know, I, I'd love to say it was because I had this just extreme love of, of phones or something of that nature, but the reality was is that it was an entry-level position in sales, and I was trying to marry a, a girl that was in school right across the street. So, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I started my career because I was uh, up in the process of uh, falling in love and, and getting an engagement ring together. And uh, But really just, you know, uh, really enjoyed it so much. Um, telecom was a, was a fun space. The entire industry was about to change with the creation of the iPhone, or at least the announcement of the iPhone, rather. Um, we had been... You know, it's, it's funny because I, I had gotten in, I don't know if you remember this, Brian, but uh, before the iPhone, the biggest thing in telephones was the Motorola Razor. Yep. It was like the phone that everybody had to have. I had and one. Of the Razor was just, yeah, that's the thing. It was a huge status symbol. Uh, it's funny to think about now because it's just a, a thin flip phone, but, uh, but I, I remember that. We were selling Razors like nobody's business, and then the iPhone came out and it changed the world. And, you know, at that time, I think is about the same time that I actually started discovering podcasts. I I, uh, I was out of college. I, I had a roommate um, for the first time in my life. I was in a very kind of quiet space, uh, having grown up being the oldest of four, and then going directly to a college dorm, and then going to a, an apartment with a pretty pretty quiet roommate was a, was a gear change. <laughs> in fact, I found that I couldn't sleep unless I had people talking and noise in the background. So. Um, yeah, I believe I was just kind of surfing around on iTunes, and you know, I don't even think it was called podcasting at that point. It may have just been internet radio, but I found a tab, and I was like, I wonder what this is, and did a search for just kind of some random stuff, uh, you know, like television shows that I was watching at the time, and uh, discovered podcasting through, uh, through that lens. Um, I believe the first, one of the first podcasts I listened to was one called Starkville House of L, which was a podcast dedicated to the... Uh, the uh, television series Smallville, and, <laughs> wow. um, and interestingly enough, also produced in, in Mississippi as well, which was kind of cool. And, uh, and yeah, and so like from there, uh, like I found one on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I found one about comic books. You know, if you can't tell immediately, I'm a huge nerd, and so that was kind of <laughs> where uh, where I was drawn into. Um, yeah, and so during the author process, uh, ended up uh, marrying my wife and. Uh, we moved to Memphis briefly. I was promoted uh, in my job, which brought me back home to Mississippi, and I really started diving less into sales and more into marketing, uh, product development, and uh, and yeah, that was kind of my my pre-podcast life, so to speak. So the geek got the girl and gets to talk about geeky stuff. <laughs> yeah, although the, the getting to talk about geeky stuff did did come a couple of years later. You know the. the the, the the best game plan for any geek out there when you're falling in love is just you know you got to keep keep the craziness you know you let it out slowly at a time you don't want to geek out much in the early days you gotta you know let them discover it about you uh, uh, throughout the process of you know falling in love so that by the time they realize how crazy you are yeah they're already hooked they're already in it at that point so your second date was not to play Dungeons and Dragons together. No, no, and actually, I, I, you know, I only really ever played Dungeons and Dragons once in, in my early, early years. But no, I don't. Um, I'm trying to think if I, if I drug her along to, uh, to any anything too geeky in in the dating years. I, I don't think so. I think I played it pretty cool. I played it cool, Brian. You know, yeah. I played it uh, Brian Levine style, just, just totally cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just keep getting geekier and older. Um, so. <laughs> So when did you when did you start smoking a pipe? 
Yeah. So, okay. So when we, you know, I mentioned that we moved to Memphis and in that first year of living in Memphis was, was kind of, kind of rough. Um, you know, we, we, you know, being newly married, we knew each other, but we didn't really know anybody else. Um, in fact, the main reason we moved there was for schooling. Uh, she, she would go on to get a, a pharmacy school at UT in Memphis and we did not know anybody. And so, you know, I, <laughs> It was a little rough. Uh, fortunately, I still had my podcast to listen to, but I was trying to figure out, okay, well, what do I do with all this free time? Uh, on top of that, I was working a pretty stressful job. Uh, telecom sales, anybody who's ever been in that industry knows, it is uh, one of the most stressful uh, service industries to be in from that standpoint. And um, I just had a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, and I was like, okay, well, what? In my head, I started to kind of think about, all right, what, what would be kind of a peaceful, serene thing to kind of calm me down? And I just had this idea, this kind of visualization of smoking a pipe and painting. And so I went to the local art shop in Memphis and picked up some watercolors and uh, canvas. My, my grandfather was really big into watercolors. And I also picked up a pipe. And I think part of the reason was I was just, uh, you know, I enjoyed Lord of the Rings growing up, so that was kind of part of it. And I, I just loved the imagery of it. And so I'll never forget when I walked into a pipe shop in, in Memphis, Tennessee, and I'm not going to, there's several in there. Uh, I'm not going to name names here, <laughs> but it was the most terrifying experience that, that you could ever potentially have in a, in a pipe shop because it was, it, I was walking in, I didn't know anything, and I felt like this major, like, faux pas was done by me even being there. Um, it was a nice enough shop, but when you opened the door, there was like, you know, maybe eight, kind of older guys, they were all kind of huddled in a circle, and it's like when I walked in, whatever conversation they were having suddenly stopped, and it was almost like, you know, gopher heads popped up, like everybody in the shop just all of a sudden stopped what they were doing and stared at me, and it was just real quiet, uh, and on top of that, the guy, I don't know if he was the manager or the owner or just, you know, filling in, but whoever was in charge just kind of, you know, grunted, and you could tell he was kind of annoyed. He, he stood up, walked over to me, and asked, you know, what I wanted, or, or what, <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure he, he probably asked, you know, how can I help you or something like that. But it was pretty clear that he did not, you know, he wasn't that excited that I was there. And I, I, I told him what I wanted. I was like, well, I've, I've never smoked a pipe before. I'm really interested in this, but I don't know where to begin. And so he walked me over to, I think it was like a case of Savinelli pipes, and I remember just kind of being blown away. He, he reached for one that was like 150 bucks, and uh, you know, and, and, and kind of talked to me about all these different pipes. I was like, man, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know what I'm getting into with this. That seems like a lot of money for something I don't even know if I'm going to enjoy or not. And and yeah, when it all was said and done, I almost kind of felt like he was forcing a lot of things towards me. And so while I was there, I did notice that in that same contain, uh, container, uh, there was this little red uh, billiard pipe, straight billiard pipe, uh, Savinelli, and it was, it, was, it was beautiful. And it was almost like it was speaking to me. I was like, that's the one. That's the one I want. And he was really trying to like, push something that was way more expensive on me. And, uh, and so, anyway, he begrudgingly sold this to me along with uh, some tobacco and, and you know, camp and all, everything that you need. But I remember getting out of there thinking, man, I cannot wait to get out of the shop and just, like, you know, feel comfortable again. Because it really was almost a sense like I was being watched by everybody else in the shop as I was going through this process. And like, if I was going to say that I was worried that I was going to say the wrong thing and then, you know, be kicked out, which of course would not happen. But that was the kind of tension I was dealing with. It was a terrible, terrible pipe shop experience. So you're, you're nice and polite, but I'll, I, I'm not, 
and uh, I, I'd be willing to bet uh, I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that you on that day met Elliot Abel, God rest his soul, uh, who was a uh, a a well known curmudgeon in the pipe retailing world <laughs> for the past uh, fifty years or so. I, you know, I'm not naming names. I'm not naming names or shops. Um, I, you know, this, I, I won't, like I said, there's a lot of great shops in Memphis, and it's very possible that this particular shop is, is you know, much better on any given day. Just that was, you know, one, one of the things that, that I believe firmly when it comes to retail, and this was true when I was in telecom, and it, it's true with um, anybody that, that, you know, is in the space right now, is that it's, it's, it's important to make sure that that, experience is really, really solid because every single day you're going to have somebody walk into your shop for the very first time. And that is going to be what's going to, you know, uh, define how they overall see your products, see your shops, see your service, whatever it is. And for me, on top of that, this was my first experience with a pipe. <laughs> and here I am thinking that a pipe's going to be like this thing that's going to relax me. But that's, that's really the thing, man. So I, I, I got the pipe, got my tobacco. I don't remember what tobacco it was. And I brought it back to the house, set up everything, started painting, packed my pipe, lit it, lit it again, lit it again, lit it again. And you can just put me on repeat about 30 or 40 or 50 more times <laughs> at this point. And so, again, here I am, right? I'm trying to, like, be chill, be relaxed, focus on my painting. And I'm constantly having to relight this pipe, thinking, what on earth am I doing wrong? But on top of that, I can't go back to the original shop I was at. Like, you know, I, I, I just didn't feel comfortable doing that. So after maybe three or four attempts, I kind of put the, the pipe aside for, gosh, like a year or two after that. So so when do you get the aha moment of how to pack a pipe and how to light it and and actually enjoy it? Well, so YouTube was a big, a big help for me. Um, when I decided to give it a try again, I actually I picked up a different pipe. Uh, I, I still catch my original pipe, still have it today. It's one of my favorites. Um, but I, I got kind of a long, straight church, church warden with a smaller bowl. And I thought, okay, well, I'll get a smaller bowl so I won't feel all this pressure, but I'm wasting this tobacco if I'm not doing it right. <laughs> um, and I, I started, uh, yeah, watching some YouTube videos and, and kind of going through and watching what they were doing. And I remember there was a lot of different schools of thoughts on how you do things right or what defines success. Uh, but there was one YouTuber, I can't remember who it was, uh, he mentioned that, like, look, sometimes you have to relight, you know, 30 times, and that is okay. That does not mean that you're, you know, you're failing at this, you know, it just, it just takes practice, and, you know, don't let that get, in, you know, get in the way of your enjoyment. And I, that was kind of an aha moment for me, because I was like, oh, okay, so I don't have to feel bad about myself for the fact that I don't know how to do it yet. Like, I can feel comfortable and just enjoy the process of learning. And that was really big for me, man. Um, that coupled with the fact that, you know, fast forward a few years later, I would come back home to Jackson, Mississippi, and, uh, and, and become friends with a man by the name of John David Cole, who was then the manager of a shop called The Country Squire. And John David would host Bible studies at his house that would oftentimes involve uh, some, some good bourbon and, uh, as well as, as pipes. And I thought, oh, great, I've actually got pipes. And, uh, and having friends and being able to kind of enjoy my pipe and talk about the tobacco and talk about the pipe, talk about the process uh, in a very friendly and open space really was a game changer. And so that was, that was you know, it was kind of a double whammy in terms of my aha moment. But, yeah, I, I dove in pretty big when I came back to Jackson. 
that's a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the uh, about uh, Bo and John David's baby and when they birthed it. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenet's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell & Deal's Cellar Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, with Bo York. And uh, all right, so you guys go to uh, you know I went to a Bible study for about a year that was in that, in an actual pipe and cigar shop. Um, wow! Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you so you so you and uh, you and John David hook up, and then how do we get to the what? Well, let's let's back up just a second here. Was Country Squire Radio was that the first podcast that you started doing? It was one of the first. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the. Uh, I believe. Yeah, it is. It's the longest roll, uh, running show that we currently do um, at my company, Pottery, and it was uh, it was one of the first uh, two or three that we uh, that we ever ever produced. Um, the story for that goes that I was at a place in uh, my career. I, I enjoyed. Uh, very much the company I was working for, but uh, I believe strongly in, in that there was a huge opportunity in podcasting. Um, for whatever reason, podcasting hadn't really taken off yet, uh, but I was noticing that I felt more connected to the people that I listened to through podcasts than I did in any other media. And on top of that, a lot of the things that you know you'd hear marketers talk about in terms of like stickiness or uh, uh, brand loyalty and yada yada yada. What it all comes down to is trust and relationship. That's what everybody who's got a business, that's what they want to build is trust and relationship uh, with potential customers. And I thought, man, you know, podcasting really does have this opportunity to do that because I know through the people that I listen to, I feel like I've gotten to know them uh, when, you, when you've got that voice right up in your ear, which is a really intimate space, and especially when they're talking about something you care very passionately about. And so, um, so that led me to leave the company that I was working and start Pottery Studios, uh, then Pottery Network, which um, which was a podcast production company based out of Jacksonville, Mississippi. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the first episode, uh, the first podcast we ever did was one called Hymnology, which was about uh, hymns, and it was kind of a study of hymns with an RTS student. Uh, fun fact: they actually recently sold that show um, to uh, to to a seminary, which I'm. I'm uh, excited to see what they end up doing with it. Um, but yeah, and then right after that one was me going to John David and, and kind of saying like, hey, I've, I've got this idea. Um, what if we take the experience of the Country Squire, which is a unique experience, one that spoke very specifically to me personally, um, and, and give this to people that, that 
uh, kind of lets them feel like they're back in the shop even when they can't be here right now. And that's really kind of what the original concept was. It was kind of allowing existing Country Squire radio, or sorry, Country Squire customers uh, to, to kind of give them a piece of the shop to take with them that will also kind of bring them back and, and welcome them back home uh, even when they can't, you know, be physically in-house. In, in uh, but what we found is that we kind of tapped into something unique, uh, creating that kind of space, that kind of, uh, you know, uh, hometown shop, that welcoming atmosphere was something that not just the locals wanted, but people around the globe wanted, and it really resonated with people. And so, yeah, that's how Country Squire Radio came to be and uh, has grown uh, well beyond, I think, what uh, we had, we had initial, initially anticipated for the, for the show. Uh, now that you've been doing this for a while, how many pipes do you actually own? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Less than John David, more than most. Um, <laughs> well, he's got a whole know, shop full. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, he's got, a, he's got a shop full, but then he's also got his personal, like, side stash. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, but, you know, it's interesting. Actually, I used to have my full collection in my office, and we're at the moment, we're kind of re- redoing the offices right now, so they're at the house. I can't count them. But probably about two dozen. And and on a regular week, how often do you get a chance to sit down with your pipe and just puff on it? Man, when I'm lucky, I get about once a week. Um, we a big kind of a big factor changing things for us was uh, when I became a father, uh, which happened in the last uh, uh, few years here. And so suddenly, my my <laughs> enjoyment of pipes and pipe tobacco ended up having to get cut back quite a bit. But fortunately, going up to the Squire every single week kind of allows me the opportunity to enjoy my pipe. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, baby, look, I'm going to come back home smelling like pipe smoke anyway. So, yeah, this is my chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, it's, it, and it's better than going out drinking with the guys once a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, anybody who's ever watched the show live knows that there's occasionally some, some going out drinking on air. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, man. It's, yeah, but the it's, it's, the, a, it's a great time to enjoy. I mean, the only comment I'll make about that is I think you spill almost as much as you actually drink. Yeah, you know, I, I'd like to say that it's uh, you know it's it's, it's a work it, it's an expense it's uh, it's just part of it. You know, um, it's a character. It's it's not real. I'm not really that clumsy. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So on on the uh, what other shows has. What other shows are going on on Pottery right now? Man, so uh, Pottery, we, we've kind of uh, we, we've grown the business. Uh, you know, when it first started out, it was literally uh, a, a table that I kind of assembled together myself and and basically doing every single show from my house. Uh, but we've been able to grow. We actually were able to move to a studio downtown. We actually last year moved into a larger studio, and uh, as I mentioned, right now we're in the process of actually uh, making some changes here and expanding out the space that we've got um, uh, here at Monastery, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we, we've got owned content that is very, very niche-focused. You know, uh, I love telling the uninitiated about Country Squire Radio uh, because anybody who's not in the pipe community is like, really? Pipe tobacco? <laughs> yeah. Like, weekly? For four years? Like, and, and people listen to it? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's quite fun, too. Um, but we also, you know, one of the, one of the shows that we do is, uh, is about, uh, television. We do, we do, uh, a show called Flash TV Talk dedicated to the CW's, uh, television series, The Flash. 
um, which we put together. It was kind of an evolution of a show that came before it. Uh, and this, our concept with this was really taking kind of a, a high-energy, uh, quick-paced discussion, uh, very in-depth discussion of this one television show in much the same spirit that you would get from like a, an ESPN-style show. Um, that kind of level of, of energy and intensity, which can be interesting because that television series in particular deals a lot with like time travel. So the idea that we're going to get real intense into time travel and, and do so in kind of a fun, high-energy way is, uh, uh, can be a challenge, but, but has really resonated with a lot of listeners. And uh, we pride ourselves on being the number one podcast uh, about that, that series right now. Uh, rated on iTunes, and so be sure to check that out if you like it, if you like that show, Flash TV Talks. We also do one that's locally focused here in Jackson called Let's Talk Jackson. Uh, that one's geared really to our local community, and it kind of tells the stories of uh, artists, activists, entrepreneurs, musicians, and more here in the home city. Um, we've got, uh, at this point, four seasons uh, available now. We're currently working on the fifth season, which will actually launch uh, next month or I guess actually this month since this podcast goes live. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, that's been incredible. Uh, Let's Talk Jackson actually won an award last year for Best Podcast in Jackson. First year they actually ever had a, an award category for, uh, for podcasts, which was kind of cool. Uh, we also, uh, last, uh, last season, kicked off with an interview with our now mayor, uh, which is really interesting. This was the first year uh, that podcasts were involved in the mayoral race locally so that we actually had oh, wow. um, mayoral candidates reaching out to myself and other local podcasters to come on and, and talk about their platform and talk about, you know, what uh, their thoughts are on the city and what their history is and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm, I'm a big believer in local podcasting in particular. I mentioned that Country Square Radio actually started out with a goal of being local and is growing to something much more, which is great. But I also think there's always a huge opportunity in local, uh, local spaces for more open conversations and uh, done so in a very kind of casual and, and intimate way. Um, I think that that's a great way to help build bridges, uh, even with your next door neighbor when it comes to um, yeah, utilizing the, the technology and tools of, of podcasting. And, and you've done some other uh, kind of geeky stuff, didn't you? Do one on Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> so Pokemon Go. Um, I'll, I'll tell this story. We. Uh, Pokemon Go is the reason why Posterity Network ended be, ended up ending being a network. <laughs> I decided to disassemble the network because of this show. Um, so I had, uh, I guess this was three years ago, wanted to get a start working on kind of a, a video game podcast, but trying to find kind of a market that really hadn't been tapped into yet. Um, I was looking at the time into a game called Ingress, which was or is rather. A um, you know a geo uh, geocaching style game where you actually have to go into the real world and play capture the flag and it's got all this lore behind it and it was kind of cool and had kind of a radar system to go and figure out where you needed to be and uh, I, I played it I'd actually read an article about how there were like millions of players and um, did some research I found one podcast about it and uh, they they were really knowledgeable but there wasn't a whole lot of um, style to their show. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I can create something like this if I can find the right people uh, and, and you know, bring something unique to this space and, and speak to this audience that, um, that you may, may just be looking for a podcast. Well, the problem that I ran into was that I did not know anything about Ingress, and I could not find a subject matter expert who does. <laughs> and as someone who's passionate about this industry, 
Uh, I'll be the first to admit that a lot of times people get behind a mic just because they want to do a podcast and not because they have any kind of knowledge about what it is they're talking about. And I did not want to be that guy. Um, I wanted to make sure if we were entering into a space, we were doing so with knowledge, style, production value, uh, everything that you could you could really want. Um, so I, I ended up canceling that uh, that project. But about that same time, I also heard that this company that had been working on um, on Ingress, Niantic, uh, had just done a deal with the Pokemon company, and they were going to do an Ingress-style uh, Pokemon game uh, that was going to be called Pokemon Go. And this was this was probably, gosh, a year before the game actually launched. And that instantly resonated with me. I was like, oh, this is going to be huge. And on top of that, look, I grew up in the 90s. I know a lot about <laughs> Pokemon. I yeah. can talk about this nonstop. And so... That's why I put out the feelers. I went ahead and, and got PokemonGoPodcast.com, set up the, the Twitter, the Facebook, uh, did a casting call on uh, all of my podcasts to, to find the talent and, and make sure we found people that were also very knowledgeable. And we created the Pokemon Go podcast. Now, like I mentioned, this is at that time, Pottery was a network of shows. But I did not think it would be too good of an idea to have a Pokemon podcast was obviously going to be geared towards kind of a younger audience on the same network as a tobacco-based podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. it, just, it just painted too much of a target on myself that, you know, eventually, let's be honest, Brian, that target's going to be honest one way or the other in the next couple of years as podcasting becomes more mainstream. But, yeah. you know, why invite it at the moment? So we broke apart the network and Pottery became Pottery Studios, producing different shows that all kind of exist siloed from one another. And, uh, and yeah, Pokemon Go podcast. We created an episode a month leading up to the game, keeping people in the know about everything uh, related to Pokemon Go. And then when the game launched, we became the number one video game podcast in America and several con- countries around the world. Um, wow. Which was awesome because at that, yeah, at that time, I had actually been discussing with another network uh, had reached out to me about acquiring Flash TV Talk, which I did not want to give up. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I've got this other thing that's got you know way more reach right now. How would you feel about you know buying that one? So they did. Um, so I no longer own Pokemon Go podcast. I actually sold that to a different network, uh, which was a is a, a a nice deal when it was all said and done. But yeah. So there's uh, there's actual time. there's actual leverageable equity out there in the uh, podcasting world. Big time, man. Big time. Uh, you know, and I've, I've sold shows since then. And, uh, it, it's it's it is the wild west still to some extent when it comes to business models and uh, how everything shapes up. But it's a lot of fun, man. I, I love this industry. Uh, I think it's a blast. I've, I've been able to uh, talk about a lot of things that I love, and I'm really excited, Brian, about a new project we've got in the works, which is going to combine uh, a couple of my loves, and that is, of course, with uh, with my love of pipes and pipe tobacco, but also my love of geeky things like Tolkien. Um, we're going to try to do this whole Pokemon Go thing again in terms of laying the groundwork for what we believe is going to be a big launch, and that is with this upcoming Tolkien series. Um, If you haven't heard, Amazon Prime is going to be releasing a a, a television series in the next couple of years, or the next, uh, I think, year and a half to two years they're working on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to be a Lord of the Rings-esque television series, and we are calling this new podcast Tolkien TV Talk. Uh, so if that is something that interests you, there will definitely be some pipe talk on that. 
Um, in the first introductory episode, I talk about country square radio. I talk about pipes. I talk about kind of how, how pipes play a role in pipe culture or, or how talking has played a role into pipe culture. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, 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 it's very rare. I find something that so perfectly kind of unites, uh, two of my, my peak interests, but man, I'm, I'm stoked for this one. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean uh, that all that all sounds exciting, and then uh, and then the one thing that uh, that you guys do that I that I really love, and I I tune in every chance I get, and sometimes I actually pester you guys, uh, but Country <laughs> Squire Radio in particular broadcasts mm-hmm. live uh, most weeks. Is that kind of fair to say? That's right. Yeah, we we do uh, we pretty much broadcast live every single week unless. An issue arises, or there's travel involved for some reason or another. Um, and uh, yeah, we we originally were broadcasting live from my house, uh, and then uh, I started broadcasting from the actual squire itself. And now we do it literally mm-hmm. from behind the tobacco bar in the country squire. And uh, it's a great location. It just furthers that that same narrative of bringing the listener, or in that case, the viewer, literally inside the shop. Um, I mean, I've, I've I've half joked with with John David that you know the future is VR. Like you know we need to get a 3D <laughs> microphone and a and a VR camera and make it so that you could literally put on a VR headset and be sitting at the bar with us as we're doing the show. Uh, he always kind of laughs and roll roll his eyes, but I'm telling you, man, that's where the tech is going. That's the, that's and, the next level. And smell a vision so that whatever he's whatever he's smoking or whatever you guys are smoking at that time kind of comes out through the headset. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you gotta have that. Like, you know, gosh, pipe tobacco and smell vision, that's just that's that just has to happen. It just makes sense. Yeah. But it is. I will. I will tell you that it is a lot of fun to sit back and just watch you two guys, and the uh, and the videos are unedited, so you get a little bit. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, you get a you get a rougher performance than the uh, than the podcast once it gets edited with all the little intros and all that fancy stuff. But you also get the stuff in between that doesn't end up on the podcast. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of little. Uh, you know, it's. It's, it's kind of your reward, right? You get to sit in and see how the sausage is made, which means that it's not going to be as polished. But the benefit is you also get all that extra extra fat, so to speak. And sometimes the fat tastes real good. So, you know, it, it is uh, hopefully very enjoyable for, for everyone who's able to tune in. Uh, we always say that we are a podcast first. Um, you know, I, I think the, the YouTube pipe community is, is vast and wonderful. And, you know, I think... We want to be respectful that we're not stepping on anybody's toes. You know, we're we, we're in it in the sense that we are there, but we're not necessarily, you know, uh, uh, we haven't necessarily taken a very YouTube approach to the way that we've done our, our videos from that standpoint. Um, but but yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a blast, and we've been honored to be well received from the YouTube pipe community thus far. And um, yeah, I look look forward to, to continuing uh, that relationship and expands the content in whatever platform it may look like. But like I said, at the end of the day, we, we are we are a podcast first and, and foremost and, and likely will always be to, to some extent. Well, I always enjoy tuning in and seeing the varying, uh, uh, the, the variety of, uh, of facial hair status and, uh, and <laughs> hairstyles because they seem to change and sometimes you forget your hat and... Uh, but it is. It, yeah. Yeah. Just turn down the. I turn on my computer, pull up the video if I'm not doing it live, because you you can still go back and catch hundreds, you know, hours of videos of uh, John David and Bo sitting there and uh, 
chit-chatting away about pipes and pipe tobacco. But, uh, Bo, we're going to wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Oh, yes, sir. Hit me. What is your favorite pipe? Oh, definitely my first, uh, the Billy Pipe San Elliott's Beauty. And what is your favorite tobacco? Oh, it depends on the day of the week. But, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and say White Rose from the Country Squire. Gee, I wonder why. Um, <laughs> what? This is going to be the hard one for you. Uh, what is your favorite drink? Oh, actually, you no, know, I can answer it right here and now. It's going to be an old-fashioned with Buffalo Trace and no cherries. No, no cherry. No, okay. Um, when it's time to relax, which I really don't think you ever do, uh, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Oh, man. Um, gosh, now that one is that one's tough. Uh, I, have, I, I put on music to relax myself while I'm working, so that probably doesn't count. Um, I think a movie. I think, uh, you know, I, I do enjoy reading. No, no, let's, let's go with the book, because even movies end up being kind of work-related. Uh, yeah, when, when, I'm, when I'm truly on vacation, as in I'm completely unplugged, uh, be it down in New Orleans or, or if I'm able to go on the coast with my wife and the kids, uh, that is a chance where I bring a book. I've been reading the exact same book for probably four years just because I only get to read it while I'm on vacation. Um, but yeah, <laughs> reading a book is, is pure relaxation. And then the final question is, do you have a particularly favorite pipe-smoking-related memory that we haven't discussed? Man, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I've shared this before on Country Squire Radio, but it's been a minute. Um, when I, I, I had a kind of a big moment in my life, uh, which was I bought my first house about the same time that we were pregnant with our first child. And so I was about to become a dad. And I, I had this new house um, that we just just purchased in our first house. And I asked all of our friends to come over. I did, did kind of a Facebook event, like, hey, come help Bo move. They'll be, you know, we'll have, we'll have music blaring. We'll have, you know, free breakfast, coffee, cinnamon rolls. And then once everything is moved to the new house, and you know, cook out and everything else. And I actually had a pretty, pretty decent-sized turnout. People actually showed up. Um, I guess free food goes a long way. But... Um, at the uh, at the tail end of, of the um, uh, uh, at the tail end of, of uh, the moving, I was given like you know we, we were barbecuing everything up. Everybody was eating, having a good time, and uh, and John David uh, and a few other friends kind of came to me and they gave me a gift, and uh, it's beautiful pipe. And I'm realizing now maybe I shouldn't have told the story because I can't call up like the exact. Uh, which pipe it like? Like I'm, I know what it looks like, but I can't think of the name uh, at the moment. But it, it was a it was a gorgeous pipe, and it, it had been one I'd been coveting from the Country Squire for a while. Like I, I you know, you know how it is, Brian. When you go you go to your local pipe shop and then you see the pipe and you can't get it, but like you just <laughs> stare at it, you know, <laughs> kind of like a kid in a toy store or something. Um, I've been doing that for quite some time with this particular pipe, and uh, and yeah, John David and a couple friends they chipped in and they gave it to me. And I, I always associate that. I, I smoked it then, and um, I always just remember that as, as being kind of this, this uh, almost like a totem, right? Like this, this, this moment from this very specific uh, transition in my life when all of my friends rallied around me and, and showed me just a lot of love and support uh, as I was going through this, um, yeah, this, this kind of evolution. So, um, 
yeah, I guess I guess that would be that's the one that comes to mind and uh, is one that's you know it, it, it's it's a personal one. Bo, thank you very much for joining us. Check out Podestery, P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y studios.com. Check out all the shows while you're there. We didn't even talk about the Satchel podcast player, but you can check that out. There's a link from there. Uh, you know, keep keep uh, keep pushing the quality of podcasts up because I'm definitely not going up with you. Man, Brian, I, I, look, you, you, you are a, a treasure, sir. sir. You uh you are the you are our Obi Wan Kenobi. You are our Master Yoda. Uh, I'm, I'm incredibly honored to be on your your podcast. Um, you know, you you are somebody that you know. It's it's always great whenever you you and I or you and, and me and John David are in the same place because you know we'll, we'll meet people and listeners will be really excited to meet me and John David. But then you walk into the room and they just kind of drop us to the floor and go flock to you. Like I, I, you, know, you, you just got this magnetism, man. And so um, we're we're just always honored uh, to have to have your support whenever you tune in to uh, to to cheer us on or to throw rocks at us one way or the other we we love it man so uh, we appreciate you and everything that you've done for the pipe world as well as for the uh, the podcasting world uh, and the pipe podcasting world as well so thank you sir you're very kind and I'll uh, and I'll poke gently and I'll leave you uh, with this may the force be with you because we didn't even get into Star Wars. Uh. Dude, all right, next time, next time. Yeah. Okay. We'll be back in just a minute. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. This is Internet Radio. And I am back. Uh, do check out Pottery. Check out the Satchel podcast player and uh, I mean, a lot of great stuff there. So thanks to Bo for uh, doing all the stuff he's doing. All right. For music, we're going to end off the uh, holiday crooners with, uh, you know, there wouldn't, wouldn't be Christmas without Bing Crosby. And uh, how about uh, Bing singing Winter Wonderland? Sleigh bells ring Are you listening? In the lane Snow is glistening A beautiful sight We're happy tonight Walking in a winter wonderland Gone away Is the bluebird Here to stay Is a new bird He sings a love song As we go along Walking in a winter wonderland In the meadow we can build a snowman And pretend that he is Parson Brown 
He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no, ma'am. But you can do the job when you're in town. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire. To face unafraid the plans that we've made Walking in a winter wonderland Sleigh bells ring Are you listening? In the lane Snow is glistening A beautiful sight We're happy tonight Walking in a winter wonderland Gone away is the bluebird If to stay is a new bird he sings a love song as we go along, walking in a winter wonderland. In the meadow, we can build a snowman and pretend that he's a circus clown. We'll have lots of fun with Mr. Snowman. Yes, until the other kiddies knock him down. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire. Face unafraid the plans that we've made Walking in a winter wonderland Walking in a winter wonderland You know, Bing Crosby was so cool and smooth that, uh, yeah, he got a shape of a pipe named after him and I bet he was cool and smooth enough to make even Middleton's cherry smoke well. Well, let's see what's in the mail. And a couple of things in the mailbag to get caught up on. Going back uh, two weeks ago to uh, Dan. Uh, Crash the Gray says, good show this week. Dan has a very unique perspective on pipe making. I'm not sure his pipes are for me, but they are certainly interesting. I like the experimentation with materials. I've been meaning to try Cabby's Mixture. Thanks for the review. It moved up the list just a little. I've been hooked on Sixpence since you reviewed that. Well, glad you're enjoying it. Uh, and uh, Troll said, Thank you, Brian, for opening my eyes to different tobacco blends. I've been trying many different Virginia blends and vapors. I really liked Cabby's Mixture and Elizabethan Mixture. Uh, thank you for playing some of my favorite music. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I tried to find you at Walt Disney World, but we were in different parks. Yeah. Would have been easy to spot me. I was the guy with the pipe. Uh, and then the last week's show, one comment in at the time of recording, and it's Dino. Dino says, this was one of the most interesting and informative shows of the past few months. So many good and useful ideas for cellaring that I'm sure will advance the experience of both the newbie and the old fart. Really enjoyed this episode. Thanks, and my best wishes to the show hosts and listeners for a Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday Season, Dino. And uh, same to you, Dino. Um, on a sad note, if you're in the Los Angeles area, this will be the last week of operation for Kramer's Tobacco Shop in Beverly Hills. Uh, they just lost they lost their lease, and uh, you know, the new owner wants way more money than a little uh, pipe and tobacco shop can generate. So if you're in the L.A. area, go swing by and say hi to Marsha for me. Um, and uh, just a final note. Uh, we will have uh, new shows for you every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Even though my schedule's getting a little bumped around, we'll make sure and pre-record shows in advance for you. And uh, hopefully the next one you hear will be with the new supercomputer. So there you go. 
All right, in uh, just a moment, a little uh, holiday farewell. As this is the last show of 2017, we'll wrap up the entire holiday season uh, with this one thought. And uh, this is, I think this song says it the best. It's a song performed by an acapella group that's based in central Florida. The group is called Voctive, V-O-C-T-A-V-E. They are a group of uh, professional singers all around the central Florida area. And this is a... uh, Uh, a medley called This Is My Wish and Let There Be Peace on Earth. So from all of us at the Pipes Magazine radio show and PipesMagazine.com, we wish you all the best and want to send you off with this uh, perfect song. This is my wish My wish for the world That peace would find its way to every boy and girl. This is the time, the time for harmony. Let love be the song that everybody sings. Fill the air with joyful noise. Ring the bells and raise your voice. Let there be peace on earth. On earth, lift your light and let it shine. Let it shine, shine, shine. Let every voice be heard. Let there be peace on earth. I hear the sweetest sound, the sound of hope to come. Together we could bring goodwill to everyone. Let it start with you. Let it start with me. Let every nation rise and sing this melody. Fill the air with joyful noise. Ring the bells and raise your voice. Let there be peace on earth. Let there be peace on earth. Lift your light and let it shine. Let it shine, shine, shine.
In this country, we say Happy New Year. 